Today on The Breakdown, we are revisiting the $50,000 buying in No Limit Hold'em event from the Triton seven-handed you know, event series, super high roller bowl thing. You know, it happened. It was in Madrid. It was in mid-May of uh, 2022, i.e. just a little while ago. And uh, we've done a hand uh, from the final table. Now we're going to go a little further back in the past. We're going to get a little nostalgic here and watch a hand between Linus Love. Yes, that Linus Love. You're like, Do you, which Linus Love is he talking about? No, I mean the good one, the pro, the best, the top of the, top of the heap, <laughs> Linus Love, against Tom Vogelsang. That's right. Is he Christoph Vogelsang's better-looking brother from another mother? Perhaps. Perhaps. These guys are going to mix it up, and Linus Love is going to take a line which is both surprising and beguiling and uh, cause some consternation. <laughs> and we're going to get into it right now, the breakdown with Chris and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Here's the New York Times correction section okay. from, from your opening. <laughs> Here we go. It's not a series of seven-handed <laughs> events. No, it's not. There is one, one yeah, event. One, one, one seven-handed event. Uh, right. Yeah. This and is event six. The other hand we did was not from the final table. There were 10 oh. remaining. Yeah. Oh, because there's only seven at the final table. Yeah. Obviously. And nobody does 10-handed final tables anyway, unless it's like uh, shitty local the, bullshit. Or the main event of the World Series of Poker, maybe. Yeah, shitty local bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I you know this story. I don't know if I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I made a bet back in like I'm going to say 2013, 2012, whatever year it was. You all know in a second. And the bet was that a woman would make the final table of the World Series of Poker, and I got I think eight to one on it or something. And I bet you know a thousand bucks or something, and uh, I don't remember how much it was. Maybe I bet a little less. Maybe it was five hundred. Whatever. Um, and uh, and that was the year both Erica. Hill? Mm, no. Are you thinking of Erica Motino? But no, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm thinking of the year they f- the women finished 11th and yeah, 10th. Yeah, it was Gail Bauman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, Elizabeth Hill. Elizabeth Hill, yeah. right. And, uh, and so the thing that was interesting about it was when there were 10 left was at the final table. Because right? they were playing at one table. They were, there was no t- other tables, right? And... Uh, it's the uh, it's the World Series likes to call it the unofficial final table because it is the final table, right? right? The, it, it is literally the final table of the event, right? So we had a bet on Pinnacle, not you and me, but me and uh, a sports betting friend of mine. He had he had a lot more money out than me, and uh, Pinnacle said, "Oh yeah, you guys lost that bet." And we we're like, "What do you mean we lost that bet? How did we lose that?" It didn't say because the way they phrased it was, "Will a woman make the final table of the World Series of Poker?" Not the official final table, the final nine. Because had it said that, we would have clearly lost, right? Yeah. Just said, "Will a woman make the final table?" And we were like, "Uh, there were no more tables. A woman was at it. How in the world did we not win that bet? Of course we won that bet. You have to pay us." And there was like a three month back and forth, and there were only three people who had bet on that. There was me, my friend, and some other rando dude from the other from some other part of the world. We don't know who it was, and all three of us were putting a lot of pressure on Pinnacle to pay us, and Pinnacle was like really didn't want to, and finally. Uh, and again, like I was the small fish, I think, out of the three of those. I think there was probably like hundreds of thousand dollars probably on the line from Pinnacle. And Pinnacle ultimately rated as a chop and gave us our money back, which I still think is actually an injustice, but probably reasonable too, ultimately. I would, I would be curious what the audience thinks about if yeah. that is a fair ruling or not. Because I think, 
I'm on your side on this, but I could see people making an argument for the other side. I can understand what Pinnacle meant when they said it. Yeah. They were thinking the final nine. So was I until there were 10 left. And I was like, oh my God, we just won. Like, that's the final table. Clearly, that's the final table. Like, what are we like? And again, they were, it was very, the letter of the law, I think, really matters with like how sports books phrase these things, right? So had they said the, uh, I don't even know if there was an October or November 9 yet, but if had they said November 9, of course, there we was lost. definitely a November 9. Okay. Had they said that, we of course would have lost, right? Had they said the final nine, you know, fine, or the official final table, the final TV table, even, I think we would lose, but just final table? It was really weird to be in this like gray area where the semantic area. You could make a case either way. I think our case was stronger, but they had they held our money, so they got to say. I mean, it was nice to at least not lose the bet. But yeah, that happened. It's pretty sick that, that I'm assuming that was the only year you actually made that bet. Yes. So that's the only year you made that bet, and it's the only year since 1995 that a woman got within the final two tables. I think, or maybe there was one final two table. Uh, I don't know if there was. Tiffany something. Tiffany or Michelle did not make the final two tables. No okay. way. Yeah, but then two women made 10th and 11th. By the way, they with 11 left, they were not the short stacks either. Like, bad things had to happen. It was nuts. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. That's a pretty sick sweat. And also incredible that neither of them actually made the final nine. Yeah. And they weren't, like, playing bad or scared or anything. You know, it isn't like, oh, you know, given enough time, they were going to get ground down. I mean... Um, Gail Bauman, by the way, has proven to be like a legit, yeah. legit player. And Elizabeth Hill was playing, was clearly in overhead compared to most of those players, but was playing fine. Right. And by the way, was using her image of the like, I'm just a girl and this, and I can't, I don't even know what's going on here. This is, this is so big for me. And like would bluff people like crazy and like double and triple barrel and stuff like that very effectively. So they did great. And that was, yeah, that was really disappointing. A, that that didn't happen. And B, of course, not winning the money, which is the main reason why. I well, of course. Happen. Yeah. But it was it would have been cool anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the World Series, I I bet would have loved it. You know, oh they're desperate for it. Seriously, Barbara Enright, nineteen ninety five, when the field was like four hundred players, is the last time a, a woman made the official final table. And you know, not to make it into this at all, but you know, like both Gail Bauman and Elizabeth Hill were very attractive too. It would have been incredible for marketing stuff, like incredible for the World Series, incredible for poker. Like they I would mean, have brought in people on all sides, kind of like Negrano making the final table. I think it would have been bigger than that. I think it would have reached out to people, like people just not in the poker world at all who never heard of any of these people would care. Had especially both of them made it, but even one, I mean, I think it just would have been a really big deal. Probably. Oh, well. Oh, well, and Jonathan Lovey would have made more money. And that's the important (sighs) thing here. Jonathan Lovey would be a little bit richer today. That's all that matters. We all want Jonathan to just feel a little bit better about those numbers on the screen. That's what we want. I have like $7,000 more than I have. (laughs) (laughs) I would have used that. (laughs) <laughs> that would have been helpful. Been generating yield with that. Exactly. Yeah. You get like, you know, 18% on that. <laughs> Let's go. Anyway, <laughs> some people are going to ask you about that, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, bring it on. It's uh, fine. Anyway, we have other things to talk about before we get to this hand. Yes, we do. But it is a it is a good hand, and we're going to get to it. It is it, a good hand. It has Linus Love, and it has the fake Vogelsang. The actor, oh. the actor that plays Christoph Vogelsang. It's like the, the Christoph Vogelsang stunt double. Yeah, the guy who Christoph Vogelsang looks like in his dreams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you watch the video, you'll see Tom Vogelsang. That guy's like movie star looks. Yeah. And um, 
He's not. He's not. He's no Christoph Vogelsang as a poker player, most likely though, right? I he's mean, got, it'd he's be got very hard. Su- it'd yeah, be very yeah. hard to be that. He's got some success, but no, no I Christoph mean, level success. Um, how many people are like Christoph Vogelsang or better as a poker player in like the world? Ten ish. I mean, let's be generous and say sixty. I mean, yeah. even so, like Tom Vogelsang ain't in that sixty, and that's not a put down. Not yet. Obviously. We don't know. I mean, we don't really know, but it's very unlikely. Yeah. What if Tom Vogelsang was like actually? Actually, guys, I'm the good Vogelsang. <laughs> I've got him in every way. I'm better looking. I'm younger. I'm hardier. <laughs> I can run faster. <laughs> and and I'm a better poker player. Wouldn't that be wild? Then what does Christoph Vogel saying have? That's a great question. He's like, I make a mean oatmeal. <laughs> a really <laughs> nice textured oatmeal. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's good for him because he, he, he does it with the robotic efficiency. Exactly. GTO. He probably also has a better knowledge of German historical facts than Tom Vogel saying, being that Tom Vogel saying is from the Netherlands. Christoph cares not for history. He looks only to the future. Yes, of course he does. But he knows what the future will be. Of course he does. Of course he does. He's an oracle. <laughs> Let's get back to the thing we were going to do, though. Okay, yeah. So many of you uh, who, who listen closely and care about these opening and stuff know yeah. that we're kicking around the idea of doing a, another podcast, like a Dear Abby podcast, yeah, where we, we answer questions. And, and that podcast is supposed to be more normie-facing. More, yeah. More, so we're not going to really address poker stuff in that podcast. And, and it's, it's easy to... To get that confused, uh, a few people have sent in questions when we announced it on our Discord that are very intensely poker-related questions. It's just like not going to make the cut for that because it's it's way too technically poker, right? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, we got this question from this Discord user, forgetting uh, that's the name, forgetting, and it's it's a really interesting, good question, and it's not something I've really ever thought about that much. Uh, and it's, it's very poker-focused, but I thought we should address it on the breakdown because yeah. that's what we're here for, man. We're not just going to talk about hands all the time. That's boring. We're right. going to talk about other stuff, too. Now, this is kind of a long question, so I think you should not read the whole thing. I'm not going Great. to. Great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give you the uh, cliff notes here. Good. So Forgetting uh, starts by telling us that they are not a good player. They don't see themselves as a good player. They're not like a pro. It's not important to them to win money playing poker. Mm. Um, so there's a, a small-stakes home game. Uh, they say it's a 10 cent, 20 cent, or 25 cent, 50 cent game, depending on what the people are feeling like doing. That he plays, or, or they play all the time, like every couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and he had a session, or they had a session that was huge. Like they, they 7x their buy in, forgetting did. And uh, it but, made. But on a 20, like a. $25 buy-in, probably, or something like that. It depends. If it's 50 cent, you could be up for... Uh, I guess it could be $100, yeah. too. Okay, so you could have, like, walk away with 700 Okay. But, like, if you're not really a, a big-time poker player, that's like, oh, that's a lot of money for mm. just playing poker. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. All right, so I'm going to read verbatim a little bit of what they okay. said. Um, about three hours into our game last night, I was sitting behind 7x my buy-in at a six-handed game, and I was so uncomfortable that when my draw came in, I was so visibly distressed that the other player in the hand read me as weak and bluff-shoved into my nut flush. So now it looks like I was Hollywooding to further humiliate my friend. It was a fucking nightmare. I'm sure he'd feel differently if the stakes were higher, but these stakes were all just trying, they're trying to have fun, and it felt impossible for anyone to have fun despite no one actually giving a shit about the money. So eventually, forgetting, started playing poorly on purpose, basically. I'm paraphrasing here. And, and kind of giving the money back through poker to make everybody have a, a better time. He's basically like what Worm should have done. You know, yeah. uh, when Matt Damon's like, you got to lose some money back except, to these Russians. Except that forgetting know? is not cheating. Right, forgetting is just right. winning, and like, and there's no consequence. The Russians aren't going to kill forgetting for yeah. this. And so, forgetting feels that um, there seems to be a certain threshold at which my go-to strategy of shutting the fuck up when I stack someone stops working, and no matter what I do or don't say, people are annoyed. So, 
and the, the ultimate question that ends up is any advice? How do you guys handle having a sort of ostentatiously lucky night? Uh, yeah, and okay. this is within the context of forgetting, thinking about heading to play one three at a casino for the first time. Right. So first of all, um, within the question and the description of it all, there's a pretty clear, there's some clear cognitive dissonance. I right? agree. So the thing, you can't say that people don't give a shit about the money, but then it was very awkward when you were winning. Because does, any, does it get really awkward when you're playing Monopoly? Right. You know, and you're destroying I mean, everyone? Uh, of course yeah, not. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You, <laughs> well, maybe Monopoly's a bad example. There's been some times. Okay, that's, that's true. Yeah. But think about, like, game, any game you're playing without money involved, if you beat someone bad, like, it doesn't get awkward. Like, it, you hit that shoot again and shoots and ladders. Yeah, they're like, what the hell? Like, even if people are like, I can't believe you're, you're doing so well, but that's it. It's like, it, does, it, shouldn't, it never gets this, this level of emotionally uncomfortable that you're describing, right? So the money does matter in some way. Right. And claiming that it doesn't, I think, is maybe part of the problem. Like, that, that's that's a, a thin veil, a pretense that you're putting over the exactly. situation. Yeah. Like, and maybe you're doing it for your friends to try and, like, give them credit or something like that. But clearly, you believe it matters to them. Otherwise, it wouldn't be unlo- Otherwise, and, it wouldn't be uncomfortable. Well, it's possible that what forgetting is saying, and maybe forgetting has financial knowledge of all the people in the game, and is aware that this money is meaningless to them based on their financial situations. But that doesn't mean that it's meaningless as a scorekeeper in uh, a game necessarily. Right. right. Sure. But then it, it shouldn't be like as awkward as he's describing. Right. right? That's fair. Like when you and I have played. We, sometimes we play with friends, although it's been a while now, but where we used to play like five cent, 10 cent and get like friends of ours who don't play poker. Yeah. So like, and we, so we didn't care and right. no one cared if they lost, you know, $10 or $20 and you and I would light it up. I lost 120 bucks. Exactly. Once, yeah. Like, yeah. You lost. And you know, and I think I've lost like $70 in that game. We've also been big winners, obviously in that game. Um, but like no one ever looked at, you know, you when you were the big winner with like deep levels of resentment. Yeah. They were just like, Oh, grants up $70. Like when the money didn't, cause the money really doesn't matter. Right. So I so I I'm just saying so there's a level of cognitive distance there first of all it's important to acknowledge that yeah and like let's be true about what we're talking about otherwise you're never going to solve this you know I, so like so you have to you believe to some degree the money matters yes whatever the psychological reason for your friends whether they're rich or not the money matters and you believe they're resentful for you winning so much yeah so I think one of two things is probably happening in this game mm-hmm. and it, I think this is very different than the the one three game at the casino which we'll get to eventually but. One of two things is happening here. The most likely thing, I think, is that your friends are kind of sensitive in a weird way that is not cool. It's like mm. if they're actually acting kind of dickish because you're winning, what, yeah. are, what are you there playing the game for? You expect everybody to break even at the end of the night? This is a cutthroat right. game. It's poker. You should right. expect this. The other possibility is that this is all your perception. Yes. That you just think because you're winning that people are, are mad at you because you feel like you don't have a right to the money for some reason or another. I think a lot of people experience that type of feeling with gambling if they're not used to gambling too often. Like, I don't deserve this money. And then it's your friends that that the money used to belong to rather than a casino, so it feels a little bit different. Yeah. It's like you feel undeserving, and and so you're projecting onto your friends this feeling that you're undeserving from their perspective, and that that makes them feel awkward and mad at you and stuff. Right. Now, I, I, I don't know the details of, like, how they were behaving, so I can't know which one is more likely. Actually, the more I think about it, I think that one's more likely that you're probably perceiving it this way. That's my guess too, without really knowing. Um, you know, um, I one of the things I loved about poker when I first discovered it, as someone who's highly competitive at everything, um, was I I was so excited about poker because I discovered a game where I was allowed to be wildly competitive. You're allowed to want to win in poker because you're playing for yep. money. Like. 
I, my experience is like when I would play games for not for money with family and friends is they would get annoyed when I would try and play cutthroat and try and win at all costs. You know, not cheat, yeah. but like I would just try and stamp everyone to the ground because we're playing a game and like that was fun, yeah. you know? And people would really be like, what are you doing? And not like that and like, you know, sort of collude on the side. Like in, in Monopoly, you know, where like the couple, like one sells all their properties yeah. to the one for a dollar. And it's like, yeah, you can't do that, guys. And they're like, what does it matter anyway? Who cares? It's like, we're playing a game here. What do you mean? What What's is- the point of the game if exactly. you're not going to have integrity well, in the What game? are we doing? Yeah. You know, and... um and, you know, they're playing for different reasons than I'm playing, I think is the actual answer, right? They're playing just to have a nice social time. It's just a thing we're doing while we're spending time together. And I'm like, we're playing this game because it's fun and we're be- and it's social. Like, but the game is the point right now. So, so I loved poker because of the excuse of, like, if I go to a casino and I'm up, whatever, a few thousand bucks, I'm, I'm allowed to be happy about that. I'm allowed to want that. I don't have to pretend I don't want that because I learned I actually couldn't pretend. I had to pretend not to want to win as badly as I did when I would play any game with anyone, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it sucked. So like poker freed me from all that. I loved that. Um, so that's part one. Uh, I, I think it's mostly in your mind without really knowing what your friends are saying or doing. Um, if your friends are saying and doing all this stuff, you probably need new friends or you just need to stop playing this game with them because this is absurd. Well, like, if that's real, my, if it's not real, though, get it together, man. I kind of think <laughs> I kind of think either way, you kind of need to stop playing this game, no matter oh, what, really? no matter what the reason is, because how are you going to enjoy yourself? I mean, if, if you just maybe if it's just a way to hang out with your friends, but then how do you deal with the money changing hands? Look, if the money actually doesn't matter, to your friends like you're claiming, then you should need to go the other way with this instead of being all like sheepish and weird about it, like enjoy beating them like you can crow about it talk a little trash have some fun with it who cares that's part of the fun of beating your friends is you get to say shit man i called you that that bluff didn't work i mean that's fair advice for some people but you and i have self-selected friends that can handle that type of shit (laughs) that's fair that's fair yeah so we don't know if that's organically grown in a group of friends that aren't like a bunch of competitive gamblers the thing that's weird to me though about all this so like i've certainly been in many situations like because i used to play cash regularly against lots of the same people right you know um like in in casinos but i had like my game that i would go play right um and you know i was very successful in that game i did really well and so i would you know, take people's money pretty regularly. And sometimes if I was on a hot streak, I'd take a lot of it. And I would be sheepish on the outside taking it. I'd be like, oh, you know, like that was pretty lucky. I'd often say, oh, I got really lucky on that one when I'm like, I did not. Come on. Like that was, I was getting the right odds. I'm always going to take that shot. Um, but whatever. But outside I'm saying, oh, that was, you know, nothing you can do there as you pull in this, you know, huge pot. But inside I wasn't sheepish. Inside I was like, woohoo! That's what I'm talking about, man! You know, and like I was super happy and excited. I was just putting on the face of sheepishness. It feels like you're actually feeling awkward and well, sheepish. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think real. A, a big question is if that awkwardness due to winning is because it's your friends or if it would occur right. if it were against random people. Right. Because poker might not be for you if it would occur if it were against That's random people. That's a great people. point. Um, if it's just because it's your friends, then maybe the casino is a better place for you anyway. Um, and my advice on the on going to play at the casino for the first time is try to remember that these people are going to act emotionally too. The people at the casino, mm-hmm. there's going to be people who get mad at you because you you yes. you bluff them or you caught their bluff or something. Especially in a one three. That's game. not your fault. That's their fault. They're being idiots. It's a game. Like you're allowed to play your cards however you want, of whether course. it's optimal strategy, not optimal strategy, friendly with air quotes. It's not a friendly game. It's poker, man. You're trying to take each other's money. What's right. friendly about that? Right. We're not there to break even. Then the house just wins. What's the fucking point? Yep. So well said. You know, um, when I when I used to play tournaments, 
I would not run over the tables as much as I could um, at times, um, especially like around the bubble and stuff like this. I changed this at some point along the way because of this podcast, actually, like mm-hmm. forced me to look closer at it. Um, when we started talking about how much people abuse the bubble, and we were like, we want to abuse the bubble. And I found, I found it hard to abuse the bubble, not because I didn't have the ability to put the chips in or make the raises and I was afraid, but more because I felt like bad about doing it and I had to like get over that. Yeah. It's like... If I'm playing this tournament, and the point of playing the tournament is to win all the chips, right? Like, that's the whole point. So I should just play optimally to win all the chips as best as I know how. Right. Like, anything else that I'm doing is weird and off, basically, as far as I'm concerned, you know? Yeah, and and that's all built into especially public games, you know, when you're going to play a club or a casino. At a home game, maybe there can be different dynamics at play that make it so it has its own answer. But I would say... Uh, probably the the first principle you should go with as going to a casino or a club to play is that no matter whether they should have or not, everybody voluntarily is putting their money in. Everybody has the same opportunities as you yes. do. And it's not your job to make sure that they're, be, they're being treated fairly by the way they're playing with their money that maybe they can't afford to, to lose. You by, know, that's, that's not yeah. your job. By the way, this whole thing of like, I was so distressed that my friend like bluff shoved into my nut flesh. Like, so they were trying to take your money, right? Yeah. Like, what's the problem? Like, I understand you, you didn't mean to do it. And now everyone's like, Howard, you act like that. You're, you're such a dick for pretending to be weak. I mean, that whole thing is super weird anyway, the, to take that point of view. Poker is a game where you're allowed to act weak and yeah. get people to bluff shove. Not that you were doing that. Um, but like the point is there, your opponents are always trying to take your money, especially in a casino setting. Like, they are going to happily take it. They are never going to give you a refund, whether they got there, you know, on a, in a way that you don't think they should have or not, no matter what. If they Which is, by you, the way, fine if they do, because they're allowed to play their cards however they want. Of course. And you're allowed I'm, to play your cards however right, you want. Right. I'm saying, yeah. but like, whatever, however they got there, they're never going to give you a refund. It's not Phil Hummuth against Slime Machine here, you know, where like, like you're never getting that money back. So they're going to happily take it. They're there to take your money. Now, they may not, not be good at taking your money, but that's their intention. And it's fine. Like, because that's your intention too, and it, it that's that's the game. And you, if you don't like that game, that's okay. Just don't play it. Okay. Like, there's a lot of other ones you could play. So I guess we haven't really answered the the okay. the, the actual final question, which is how do you guys handle having a sort of ostentatiously lucky night? I guess you sort of said like you you sort of say that you're oh that I got really lucky there, but you feel happy inside. That's that's perfectly. fine. I do versions of that, and yeah, I'm super happy, and I feel like I'm the fucking man inside the whole time. I, I mean, I, I feel like what I do is I try to channel the uh, the bullshit post-game interviews of the winning quarterback. Mm. You know, it's just like the, yeah, you know, yeah, just got to count on my guys to do like that. That tor- Obviously, there's no teammates, but that sort of vibe of like, you know, it's not really me who earned this, but right. I'm, I'm happy to be here, though. It's yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone has lucky nights is sort of like everyone. Everyone has good and bad nights. And, you know, we can uh, as if that's what's going on. We, we don't really believe that, but that's the things we say to the press right. kind of a thing. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's yeah. good. And if it's people that you know and you think you can rib, it's kind of fun to you know rib them too. Like there, there's definitely... Oh my, it depends to, on who you know. You have to have a, the right sense of humor and the right personality. I feel like I, yeah. I kind of do for this type of thing, but I think I'm pretty good at ribbing people that I kind of know when I'm winning, you know, to like even lighten the atmosphere. But that's, that's a risky move. I don't know if you should necessarily do that. Yeah, it, de- it depends. Yeah. Um, I, I th- I'm thinking of two, two things in particular here. These are both with friends. So in that five, ten cent game, one time Wonka, who used to play on Poker Time, yeah. played in that game. Yeah. And there was a hand where Grant's wife limped for ten cents. Grant made it 30 cents. <laughs> We're all like, you know, at least $10 deep here. Yeah. Wonka folds what was two deuces, <laughs> right? And what a flop to set would have won a huge yeah. pot against Grant, right? And so we were like, why did you fold? And he's like, well, I thought Lauren might limp re-raise. And I was said, 
but who cares? It was 30 seconds. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what if she limp raises? Like, and he was like really adamant that he thought it was the right play to fold. He's trying there. to play well. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, it was 30 cents though. And so we ended up having a big back and forth on that. It was kind of fun and interesting, right? Um, and then the other quick story I want to tell is, so Digital Dan, who's also been on Poker Time many times, I, I played with him mm-hmm. numerous times. And as soon as I sit down at the table, he starts talking about how there's no chips he wants more in the world than mine. And he means it and goes after them at times and like does weird bluffs and takes weird lines and will check raise rivers against me with as a bluff sometimes. Like really does weird stuff, you know? And, um, and like when he wins a pot, even when he gets really lucky to do so, which he has done, as you can imagine, you know, he did a thing where he like limpery raised all in with ace three off or something like that. And I insta called with ace king and, you know, he, and he won. And, um, and there was only cackling. <laughs> you know, and like, and a sense of pride coming from him, you know, and there's something beautiful about you, that. Like, you didn't have a problem with that. Of oh, course. no, no, no. I kind of love the lack of apology and lack of, of being ashamed. Like, right. Of course, this is like, it's cool. Now, yeah. part of it comes back to he knows he's not financially hurting me right. when I lose that, whatever, that thousand dollar pot or whatever. Like, it's okay, you know. Um, but, but part of it too is like, this is our relationship a little bit too. Not, and not that, like, we've got a very good friendship. Um, but like at the poker table, like I actually am not trying to get all his chips, but he's trying to get all mine. I'm just trying to play, you right. know, the way I play and not worry about it. But like as actually as a poker guy, this is part of being a poker guy, right? Is there some people who are gonna do that yep. anyway? So like whatever, I don't care. I actually means they're generally gonna play worse. They yeah. don't have, not like not like they're gonna play better because they're coming after right. me, right? For the longtime fans who watched Poker Time back in the day, Batiste from Poker oh, Time, yeah, who was always God. ribbing everybody. Anytime I ended up to his right in any tournament table, in any case, he would three bet me literally 100% just mm-hmm. because he wanted to get yeah. me. You know, If I was in the big blind and we were at a tournament, he would open 100% of my big blinds. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, more power to him. Yeah, it was you fun. Know? It's great. It was it's a fun, great. fun competitive thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't, and actually, I want to like have to deal with problems like that anyway. You know, I don't want just like everyone playing as, you know, normal standard poker. Like, I want the weird guy who's going to do weird stuff because. You, you encounter that all the way along forever in poker. Yep. So ultimately, forgetting, I would say um, the thing to keep in mind as a baseline is that in your home game, I'm assuming poker is a zero-sum game. And right. you have to be able to deal with that, right? Like, there will be winners and losers. And in a casino, it's a less than zero-sum game because the house is taking a piece out of it. They sure So are. being able to be a winner is, is quite a privilege in that case, right? Yes. Like, that's pretty important. So it you should revel in your wins in a spot where... You're playing on equal footing with everybody. Privilege does not play a role in this game, right? It's, it's pure. And if you win in a less than zero-sum game, good job. You should feel great about that. Yeah, and, I, and maybe coming back to the original piece of this, too, if you're not having a good time playing with your friends, just stop playing with your friends. Yeah. Like, that's okay. You can do other things with your friends. But if, this, if, if beating them is going to be... To, if, if beating them is so uncomfortable that you're going to play, like value bets not value but bet second pair like intentionally trying to lose the money back like just don't play like if if, if you can't change that yeah piece. like it doesn't sound fun like right like all i want to do is win everyone's money whenever i play you know that's that's the only thing i care about <laughs> and if if this is a really important part of your social calendar it's like one of the main ways you hang out with these people one thing you could offer is if you don't want to feel that awkwardness is to be the dealer without playing for a uh-huh. while. If you just want to hang out and, and, you know, be around cards and chat and that's good, you know, eat and drink or whatever you're doing. Another thing that um, you could do, although in this game, maybe it doesn't matter, but like, so there are times when I've been playing um, at a friend's, I have a friend who has like a really nice poker room even, and like a bunch of friends will, will all get together and like hang out and end up playing poker. Right. Mm-hmm. And it usually starts off kind of small. 
stakes and it sort of like grows. Like someone shows up who's got a lot of gamble to them and a lot of money and then suddenly everyone's playing pretty deep. And I will often at least throw out the idea of should we put a cap on this? Because like I didn't show, I came to like hang out and barbecue. I didn't come right. to like play for thousands of dollars right now and I'm a winner in that game. You know, I don't mind like playing at the bigger stakes, but like I feel that's a place where I do feel a little bad because I feel like sometimes people may feel peer pressure into playing bigger than they really meant to. Right. So I always say like, should we just put a cap of like $50 per street on the bets or something like that? So keep it like really small. Um, and then sometimes it's a yes and sometimes it's a no. I'm like, all right, whatever, let's go then. You know, and I've seen people get kind of wrecked in that game and I've been the wrecker sometimes. I'm like, all right, like I tried. People are free to make their own decisions. Of course, yeah. of course. But like if I'm there really just to be social, so then I actually want there to be a cap myself too. Cause I'm like, I didn't really come here to lose, you know, $4,000 today, this guy, or to win $4,000. You know, I came here to like lose a few hundred or win a few hundred and hang out with people. And, uh, it's okay if it goes the other way too. Like I'm willing to, because I'm, I'm a favorite in that game. I mean, I believe at least maybe those people would disagree, but I, I feel I am. Um, <laughs> so, you know, then it's like fine. But, but I always, but I feel that like sense of like, do, is this really what we're here to do? Do we want to do we, do we want to be doing this? And like, Asking that question, for me anyway, like is, is my gesture towards like, all right, I guess when we're playing to take each other's money for real. But so it doesn't it. sound like they go over 25, 50 cent in this game, though. In no, the, it does not. Yeah. It does not. Right. And again, he keeps saying the money doesn't mean anything to anyone, right. supposedly. Yeah. Anyway, did our best on that one. We really did. We I like that. Danced all around that. I mean, that if, you, if you have Dear Abby questions that are not suitable for the Dear Abby podcast, I thought that was pretty fun. So no, if, you like have, if you have like a poker-related Dear Abby question, go ahead and yeah, let's, that. yeah, and we'll we'll put it on the breakdown. It's a different way to do an opening, but yeah. it was an interesting way to do it. Yeah, we don't have to conjure something out of thin air that way. <laughs> I don't just have to do a weird bit that yeah. I just made up, and neither do you. All right, let's get to the hand. Okay, Tom Vogel saying, "Good looking." <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, uh, this was suggested by Ruthino. Okay. Excellent job on Discord. Great. And uh, of note, now this is not super timely because it'll be coming out about a month from when it's recorded. Oh. We're recording on May twenty third, and it's going to come out on the twenty third of June. Uh, this, the solving is going to be done by Wesley Cannon. Um, and I want to note, Wesley Cannon just had a deep run in an MSPT event uh, at the time of recording. It was an $1,100 event. He got fourth place for $35,000. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations to Wesley. Is, he has a really funny hand that knocked yeah. him down where they're four-handed, where you know, the classic old man coffee opens to 350K, and Wesley shoves for $2.2 million with nines, and the dude snaps with Jack-8 suited. And, of course, Wesley loses. But you know, that's how life goes sometimes. Yes. That's yes, poker. That means poker's alive, by the way. Poker is not dead when people are playing like that at final tables with, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on the line. That's pretty great. It's a good deal. Absolutely. No, no, it's it's really cool. And while this while Wesley was making his run, there was a bunch of people in the Discord sort of talking about, it, including Grant. And uh there was a point where uh Grant basically said, he actually wrote, here's the quote, if if he were to win then he would have to replace Jonathan. The people would demand it. That's not what it is. It's because no? Chris Jones oh. said something because uh, he's a great contr- contributor to no, the Discord, is. of course. It is. I mean, he's, Chris Jones says, in addition to the win, I'm really hoping he suggests the hand from this run to complete the rarest of triple threats, subject, suggester, and solver. Yeah, so I'm saying if he, if he accomplishes the subject, suggester, and solver. Ah, okay, so he's got to actually, we need a hand from this so he, to be able to do it. He, okay. he has to have played the okay, hand, suggested right. the hand, and solved the hand. Yeah. So I said if he were to accomplish that, he would have to replace Jonathan, the people would demand it. Got it. Okay, that's a little different. Yeah. But anyway, then a funny thing happened where, um, let's see, there was some back and forth, and, uh, but Grant said at one point, um, Wesley might be some sort of chaotic monster because they were saying, like, could he, could he do the crazy weird stuff that Jonathan does, the well, bits? Well, well, 
Mike F said, I don't know who would be the chaotic energy then. Perhaps Grant is the one on the chopping yeah. block. That's what. Right, which yeah. I was like, I almost responded to that myself to give him lots of props. But anyway, Grant said, you don't know for sure that Wesley's in some, some, some sort of chaotic monster. Maybe he can fit the Jonathan role, to which Mike F replied, nah, his analysis is too good, which I took to mean my analysis is too <laughs> good. And as a real, like, oh, that's sweet. Like, it doesn't, he can't fit that role no matter what. But Grant explained to me, that that's not at all what Mike F meant. No, he meant that Wesley's analysis is too good. Yeah, and then I so I'm no longer on the Mike F train. Let me just say that. <laughs> Mike F's on the shit list. Mike now. F can go smoke a freaking hog, of, <laughs> a, a bowl of freaking yeah, whatever dirt. I don't know. What do you say? You go smoke a hog of a bowl of dirt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A lot of dirt. You yeah. Smoke some dirt, man. You because got him. You got him, Mike F. I thought we were. I thought we were the same team for a while, and you were like so cool. I was like, my analysis is too good. All right, you know, I was like, that's cool to hear, man. Thanks. And then it's like, no, no, <laughs> no, it's not that. It's Wesley's analysis. Yeah. His analysis, of course, is of course the solver analysis, which we have not seen yet. He's gonna do it. We're gonna take a look at it after we do our analysis and report back on yeah. what the solver said on this hand. Cool. All right, so this is the 50K 7 Max, yes. yeah, which is you know the common format, of course. Uh, there's a lot of players left. It's like 51 out of 79 players left, so we're, we're not considering the money right now. Cool. Uh, and it's just we're just playing poker, man. Just playing a 50K. Sounds great. So there's a European guy. I can tell because his name is Bujtas. We're also in Madrid, so yeah, that helps. Likely, yeah, uh, he's got 107k. He's in the cutoff. He's a garbage human. He's going to min open to 12k with king six suited. That's fine. We All don't right. care. Fine. Yeah. Bujtas opens 12K. Linus Love, the online sensation that everybody's talking about in the year 2020, basically. Exactly. Uh, he has 680K, so he's doing quite well. Over 100 bigs here. Uh, he flats the button with two red fives. Jonathan is making a face. I'm wondering why he's doing this. Why he's flatting instead of three betting? Bujtas starts with under 20 blinds. Yeah. Why is he flatting fives? I guess because he's in position. He thinks he can win a lot. He must think he can really outplay this guy post-flop to be able to flat here. I mean, it's also maybe he doesn't feel the need to... Like, the, there's going to be a fair amount of four-bet jams from these positions, and maybe he just doesn't feel the need to take that risk at this point. Right, but you can't just call normally. Like, you can't set mine for this price, is what I'm saying. Like, you, no, the, but the, the big blind, odds aren't there. The big blind is almost always going to call. I mean, okay. I mean, it's, it's not... It's, it's surprising to me. And again, he must think he can outplay the guy, like, steal enough pots because he's on the button. That this is going to work, you know, or the guy, or the guy just isn't wildly aggressive. Maybe post flop, maybe he knows that. By the way, what's this guy doing opening king six suited from the cutoff with under twenty blinds? Anyway, that's another question which we won't have to answer. It's probably but. fine, honestly. It's probably barely fine. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think all of the theoretical math stuff yeah, would say it's fine. I think so, but ugh. anyway, anyway, I, I'm surprised. I, I didn't know that uh, Bujos was Bushtas. 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 Bushtos. Bushtas. Um was, was this short until just now, and so that's surprising me. But anyway, okay. Like, normally you wouldn't flat a, a small pocket pair unless you had clear implied odds to do so, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just... This is I, not that. He's just decided this hand's part of his calling range. He'd rather three-bet with a blocker. He thinks the value of the three-bet is more about full right. equity than I, it I is. I understand, but I'm saying then you would fold this hand. Mm. Those are the, that's the other option against a 20-blind stack, usually, not to call. Well, Calling is, like, in theory, the worst option, unless you're sure you can outplay him or you're sure the big blind's coming along and you can get more money out of him. He's Linus, and he's in love with the fives. You're rarely going to get a lot of money out of the big blind anyway. The big blind's rarely going to make a big enough hand or have a big enough hand that you can do that with to get the implied odds of this hand. I'm just saying, from a set mining point of view. That's all. Yeah. Well, 
This is what he does. Saying if he was named Jimmy Linus instead of Linus Love, we'd be like, what is this guy doing? But anyway. I think there's a trend recently that's really been irking you, which yeah. is a lot of the elite players are more interested in playing post-flop even at SPRs that you don't ah, like. Ah, that is true, actually. We, yeah. That was with A6 suited recently, yeah. right? On the button also, maybe? I think so. I don't know if it was on the button or not. Yeah, and I was like, why are we calling with A6 suited here? We shouldn't be three betting or folding this hand? And yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm surprised about this, this trend of calling more. Yeah, I mean, reduce variance and try to... If you think you have a huge strategy and skill edge, you might as well have more information than less. And the flop and turn and river allow for that. I mean, you know, if we do this enough, we could play just like old man coffee. This would be really exciting. Call everything, never Except be Except with much better theoretical underpinnings. Right, which we apparently just throw out and call with hands we shouldn't be calling with. Awesome. All right, so Linus Love is bad and you're good. I get it. Yeah. That's, that's what you're saying. Okay, I just needed to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, again, he's in position. He obviously thinks he can like win this pot without without flopping a set. Clearly, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. As as expected, Tom the <laughs> handsome one Vogel sang yeah. in the big blind has three hundred k and calls with queen three of clubs. Okay, that's good. He's got fifty blinds. Yeah. So I mean, that was probably going to happen seventy ish percent of the time at least. How are we going to get our implied odds anyway? Though the big blind call, like w- it's so hard. He's going to gonna like... flop top pair and he's going to turn two pair. We're yeah. going to have a set. It's, there you go. It's fine. That's what we need. We need basically that. It's like so much easier to get your implied odds against like the over pair or something, you know. But anyway, go on. I will go on. I'm critical. You're you're upset. You came in hot. Yeah. Anyway, Tom Vogel saying calls out the big blind. Forty five k in the pot. Okay. Nitro betting. Hey. Sniper it's, betting time. It's time to get your bonus, Grant. Yeah, you better use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitro Betting to get up to a 25 millibit matching bonus when you sign up. It's 100%. 100% up to 25 millibits. Let's be clear. That's pretty sick. And but, once you're in there, old baby, it's, it's like heaven. It's like <laughs> heaven in there. He's got the Poker Guys monthly tournament. It's no longer on Nitrogen Sports. It's on Nitro That's Betting right. now. If you signed up for Nitrogen Sports, you still need to sign up for Nitro Betting. Don't worry. It's just as easy. Simple easy. And you may be wondering about the math on 25 millibits. What is that anyway? It's about $750 worth of matching power. And they'll do it, by the way, not just for poker, but also for casino games and for sports betting. You can get this bonus all over the damn place, Grant. Right. And they have other specials they do for Poker Guys people specifically. March Madness stuff, fantasy football stuff. They bracketize everything all the time. We talk about that because it's awesome. It's a cool Um, thing to say. Yeah. I like to bracketize the world. I just want to winterize the world. I don't really want to bracketize. Well, you know, there are people trying to do that. Yeah, I know. They're doing good work, you know? Yeah, they really are. They're they're the true heroes. Yeah, the Winterizers. (laughs) It's the next Avengers movie. It's called The Winterizers. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Just like Nitro Betting. So make sure you use the link. We'll see you there. Get that tournament. Get you some some brackets. You bracket anything you want. (laughs) Get that matching bonus. That's actually pretty good. That's pretty sweet. That is pretty good. Yeah, you should check that out. All right. Use the link. Jerks. 45K in the pot. Yep. Got uh, Linus Love with two red fives having called the button. Got Bouge Toss with King Six. He doesn't matter. Tom Vogel saying has Queen Three of Clubs. Yep. The flop is Ace of Spades, Queen of Hearts, Three of Hearts. So Tom Vogel saying out of the big blind flops, bottom two pair. Not much else for anybody. Bouge Toss is just done with it, obviously. Uh, and uh, Linus Love has two red fives. This is not a good board for him. That is correct. All right. The question I ask every podcast now, should Vogelsang consider leading this hand? No. Okay. This is not his board to lead on. And Bouchtas might rep it even three ways, you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and by the way, if he checks, then, you know, we might get a bet out of Linus Love. Yeah. Linus Love could have an ace really easily. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Sounds pretty good to me. Lanislav never has ace-queen, by the way, like kind of ever. You wouldn't think. So that's kind of cool. He never has ace-ace. He never has queen-queen. He never has ace-queen. Almost. He, almost might have, he might have ace-three suited. He could have ace-three suited, I guess. Since he can have pocket-fives, I guess he can have ace-three suited. But that would seem... I would still be really surprised if he showed up with that, but I guess it's possible. Yeah. Um, so the point is, like, we're in really good shape against Linus Love, and Bouchtas is harder to know if he bets, like, where we're at. But we're, with only with less than 20 blinds, I guess we just don't we're worry about We're not worried it. about it. We have right. two pair. We could, we could consider um, check raising if we want to. We can do all sorts of great things. Like, this is a very exciting spot for us, but I think it's a clear check. This is going to get C-bet a lot, this board, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, I did say flippantly that Bouchtas is done with it, but I say that because he checks. But... Should he consider betting three ways here? I mean, how freak like, like Vogel saying rarely has an ace. Linus Love, I guess, has some aces, but it's not a huge swath of his range. Bouchtas has this board, and he also has two back doors with the King Six of Spades, and this is an important pot to him. These, I, th- I feel like a small bet is warranted. These are two nut back doors, too. They're not yeah. even like shitty back doors. I mean, they're still back doors, but like it seems really strange to me he wouldn't bet here. It seems like a very obvious bet. I agree with you. And it doesn't have to be big at all. Yeah. Like, if he bets small, okay, it's not going to work out, clearly. But, like, uh, we're going to fold out two fives right now. That's already a victory. And then all we have left is the big blind range, which we should be, which is folding all the time. Yeah. You know? Not this time, but all the time. Feels like very clearly a bet here. It does. I think if the small blind had also called, it's a, not a bet. You know, that's still mm-hmm. a bit yeah, too ways. much to deal with. But yeah. I think it, with these these players having called, now it's lucky for Bouchtas that he doesn't bet, of course. Yes. He was never going to get through. Speaking of small bets, Linus is going to do that. He's going to bet 8,000 with his two red fives into 45K. Oh, man, that's so small. And it's not like it's a wet board or a board that he would frequently bet or be the range advantage player on. I mean, it's a little wet, right? There's gut Sorry, shots. what I meant is it's not dry. Oh, that's okay. I, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I apologize. Um, it's not a super dry board that you would expect a small bet to be as valuable as far right. as binary decisions against your opponents. Right. Uh, like the 6-6 six, six deuce board, right? He, it feels like he's trying to fold out two tens and then just the random big blind equity, whatever that is also. Yeah. You know, that's, and so like, and even a small bet, it's going to be really tough when, especially when Bouchtas is this short to call anything. Yeah. It's really hard to do with two tens, let's say. Like, maybe he's going to call a bet this small. But you could see him just being like, you know what? Like, this is so bad. I'm just done. Yeah. Like, what am I, what's the plan here? The plan is fucking Linus Love never bets again. Like, good luck. Right. Like, Linus Love's probably going to barrel a lot if he doesn't have it. And if he has it, I'm screwed. Like, how do I win this hand? I might as well just fold now. It's pretty interesting. I like this bet by Linus. I think it's just going to, as an exploitative play, I think it's going to work It's like a, a warning shot more than it is anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're going to have to deal with me as the aggressor in this hand. Like, this, this bet is basically meaningless chip-wise, but it means something to, to my intention. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's good? Do you think it would be better to either check or bet more? The, I think it's fine to bet small as long as we're planning to, to continue on the turn a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. then it's okay, because then we're going to size up the turn, I assume, if we continue. And, it, you know, on certain cards, of course, mm-hmm. but, like, on most cards, and that's fine. If we plan on shutting down, which you see certain players do, they bet tiny and they shut down. Phil Helmuth is a good example of this sometimes. Yeah. Um, a lot of amateurs do that, too. They bet small once and just like, I'm out. Yeah. You know? um, then I don't know what the point of betting with this hand is. Because we, we can't reasonably think we're going to fold out both players enough of the time for 8000 Maybe we're giving ourselves such a price. Maybe it's okay. But we have to have a bigger plan than just this. To, or we should bet more. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, we are giving ourselves about 6 to 1 here, so... That is really good, and we got to assume. It, I think we probably fold out both players enough enough to yeah. make six to one a good enough price. You're probably right, actually. 
You're probably right. I would just be inclined to give myself more like four and a half to one and fold them out a lot more of the time. Just practically, it feels like. Well, I mean, it's gonna work. if the math adds up, then it adds up, right? If you, yeah, of course. Right. Like maybe it's better to do four and a half to one and right. you get a much higher percentage of folds and then you, then you win. I'm, better. I'm, I'm guessing that's, that's the case. If we're looking at it just as a one-shot deal, yeah, which is what you're, a, sure you're making the case for. Instead here. of an iterated game. Exactly. If and, we're going iterated, then I, or not, maybe not iterated, but if we're going, yeah, like we're following up uh, the vast majority of the time in the turn, then we can bet small. Well, also okay. being iterated, you know, like perhaps, perhaps playing into future hands as oh, well. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, anyway, he does. He bets 8K. Gives himself 6-1 to one to win okay. the pot with uh, pure equity denial. He's never going to fold out a better hand. I don't think... Maybe maybe Bouchtas will fold a better pocket pair. I mean, if Bouchtas has sevens here... Maybe. He might just throw it away. Maybe, okay. Because what's he going to do? Yeah, okay, you're right. But it's... I don't know. Do you think Vogelsang would fold... You know, two nines if he has it in the big blind? He never has two nines in the big blind. Okay, the guy two opened sixes. With, the guy opened with less than 20 blinds. Two sixes. Um, he might even be raising two sixes pre-flop, but he, but he can have two sixes. I think two sixes uh, probably have to fold with, with Bouchtas behind okay. them. Then, then maybe this is a really cool bet. Yeah. You know, gets exactly the right hands that are better than you to fold. You have and a heart in your hand, too, so there's less heart draws to, like, call. Yeah. You deny equity to a lot of, like, king six type hands. You have two terrible back doors yeah. as well. I love that. I mean, you know, once in a while. All right. So what should handsome Tom Vogelsang do? Okay. So we have queen three. We already said that essentially the only hands we're losing to that um, Linus, Linus Love can have pocket threes. Clearly he can have pocket threes because he has pocket fives. Yeah. Possibly ace three suited. Possibly ace ace. He's a little bit of ace ace. Because he flats there yeah. with ace ace. At least a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, now how deep are we? Okay. We're 50 blinds deep. I feel like this hand is good enough that we could put in a raise right now, and it's fine. And we're just, at this point, hoping that Linus Love has a reasonable ace and can call. Yes. Also, this way we get to charge the draws Yeah. that um, could easily go check-check on the turn if they want to. And now he gets two streets incredibly cheap and then doesn't ever have to put another chip unless he improves. Like, I wouldn't want that. Are we effectively calling off if Linus Love puts in a, a three-bet? I think we are. So if we make it 45K to make it like the original pot size... And Linus Love makes it 150. We're just going with it? I think we are. Like, yeah, we're losing to some very strong hands, a few of them. But, like, the, the big draws are probably going to play it this way, too, right? How are we doing equity-wise against mm. that range, though? It's not that great. That's a really good question. Um, well, the big draws are... Well, well if you're uh, Linus Love, he can sort of have a similar thought process of, like, Vogelsang doesn't have that many strong hands here, right? Vogelsang has ace three and queen three. Three three probably. Oh, he can have three three also. You're right. Okay, so actually, there he's got a more strong hands than uh, than Linus Love, and has. he's got all the ace three combos. He does all of them, and sure. maybe all the queen three combos. It was a min raise. Maybe I don't know. I feel like guys fold that now yeah. again. They're back to folding that. Yeah. Um, but there's still three combos of queen three suited anyway. Yep. I feel like I feel like it would be a mis- look if we're gonna fold this hand to freaking Linus Love, then we should not race. Like, this hand's too good to turn into effectively a bluff. Like, to, I know it's more than that. We're, like, seeing where we're, we're, like, probing. But, like, why are we probing with a hand this strong? I don't like that at all. I don't know. I think it's, it's tough to figure out exactly what the best way to play it is, though, because if you imagine the range that would actually three-bet, it's, you know, king, ten of hearts, jack, ten of hearts, king, jack of hearts. Those are the hands we're beating. Those are the clear ones, yes. Now, he may do it with some other hands, too, sometimes, but sure. Yeah, maybe he does it with the backdoor... Spades and the gut shot sometimes. Maybe. Um, maybe once in a while, ace-x of hearts. That seems unlikely. 
Um, some some players will do that. Okay. It's Linus Love. It's probably not. He's probably yeah. not. But just because our inclination is like, well, we have showdown value, blah, blah, blah. He may also be like, well, the only way I really get paid off on the flesh is to, to rock and roll right now. And I don't know. It seems unlikely, as I say it. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll acknowledge this. Um, he might do with other flush draws sometimes. Seems unlikely. Like, what if he had... Well, can he ever have king nine of hearts anyway? He kind of can't. Would he, would he do this with nine ten of hearts? Would he actually put in a big three bet? I would expect a call. Usually it's going to be a call. Yeah. Four or five of hearts. He so could, maybe it actually it. would work out to kind of... You fold against the three combos that are going to three bet you that you have beat right now, but they basically have 50% against you, and everything else has you crushed. Right. And that's okay. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Okay, so we put in, the, so we raised to 45. We're going to fold because we're getting destroyed by the range that actually chooses the three bet, but the range that chooses the call, we're doing fabulously yeah. against. I kind of like that plan. Me too. Um, it's going to be awkward if a heart comes off on the turn, but we have to figure yeah. that out. That happens a lot in poker, it's just the deal. And I want some value for this hand, man. Exactly. You know? I don't want to let him just check it back. It's okay to take it down right now, but yeah. let's see if we can get some value. Yeah. We and, can win a big pot. And consider folding to a three bet for sure, which feels, feels exploitable, but like... I don't know, man. Lion's Love's got some fancy plays Yeah, I mean, in there. If, he, if, he, if it turns out he shows up with King Ten of Spades, I'm going to feel like an idiot, I guess. You yeah. Know? I worry about that a little bit with him. Yeah. A little bit. Like, the hands we've done of his... Now, these are hands that have been breakdown hands that have been suggested, but they're, he's almost always doing really fancy stuff. Yeah. So... I would hate to make a big mistake because he's doing fancy stuff. Yeah, that's a really fair point. So I think if it were a more straightforward player, we could do the raise, fold to a three-bet plan to get value. Yeah. Maybe against Linus, it's just not a good idea. So then it comes back to either we're going to have to just go with the hand. Yeah. Or we can just call. I think this hand's a little too weak and a good structure to just go with. Okay. So I think we could just call even though it's 8K. Also, we're Tom Vogelsang. We're, we're the best Vogelsang. Yeah. Poker. Why top would we, Vogelsang. Why would we play this high variance pot? Oh, right? Right. I wrote his name down wrong. It says Tom Vogelsang. It's actually Top Vogelsang. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's like Top Gun. Tom Vogelsang, Maverick. Exactly. Does that make uh, Christoph Iceman? Because that works. It he, does work. He looks like Iceman. I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We got a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Call the producers. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Vogelsang ends up just calling, and maybe he had the similar thought process of like, I don't want to be in a spot where like it's two fifty blinds with this hand is just not good enough in this spot. And if it is, it's marginally good enough against Linus, and it's possible Linus can make easy adjustments if he knows what my image of him is, like how I'm seeing him, and why do all of that? Linus is the type of guy who might just blast off anyway. Yeah. So I could just let him do that. It sucks to play against really good oh, players. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Because that whole plan that we came up with about raising and folding to the three-bet feels like a really great plan against, like, 95% of the poker world. Yes. It yes. really does. But maybe not against Linus Love. Anyway, Vogelsang is just going to call. Bouchtas is going to get out. Okay. Got lucky not to see, but I guess. Pot is 61,000 now. Mm -hmm. Turn is the Jack of Clubs. The board is now Ace of Spades, Queen of Hearts, Three of Hearts, Jack of Clubs. Linus Love is in there with two red fives. He's got two outs. Tom Vogelsang is queen three. The jack is a slightly scary card for sure. It's not, not exactly what you want to see. At least it's not a heart. But paint is like the thing you want, also don't want to see after an ace. King 10 comes in, ace jack comes in, queen jack comes in. Yeah. And Linus could have any of those. He really could. Yeah. All right. Vogelsang checks. I don't see what you can do besides that now. It seems weird to lead. All right. Is this... You, you just have to... It's a mandatory continue based on sizing on the flop, right? Like... Right. Like, Vogelsen could have any queen. He could have some threes, even, maybe. I mean, he has a lot of weak aces, too. Yeah. A lot of them, I would guess. And so, Some of his hands did come in. He does have some gut shots. 
He does. We did bet so small he can have yeah. a gut shot. That's true. Um, that's a fair point. Um, we'll probably hear from those if we put in a bet right now. Yeah. You know, they're probably not going to just call out of position on a board with two hearts that you know started with two hearts. They're mm-hmm. like that. Probably they're going to put in a race. So we'll know um, if he calls. We'll know. We'll be able to range him a little bit if he calls right versus yeah. raises. Um, it feels like because we bet so small on the flop, we probably have to continue here. We can be repping a lot of strong hands more so than he can. Kind of sucks to be blocking the hearts, though. It sucks a little bit now that we've been called once, yes. Yeah. But he, because we bet so small, he has all the weak one pair hands, like you're yeah. saying. He doesn't so have a three, probably, but he probably has all queens and all aces. And if he has, well, probably all queens and all aces. So we should, I think we should bet. And I think despite having a heart, we should still, we should bet enough to fold out the naked hearts. Like, that should be a target of ours, mm-hmm. is the naked hearts that don't have anything else going on. Other thing is, by the way... Um, Vogelstein could have turned a jack pretty easily, too, where he could have jack 10 or yeah. king jack himself, right? Pretty reasonably. So we want a size enough to make him consider folding those hands. Exactly. Because like, those, those can call a small bet. We, as long as love, we can attack pretty much all one pair of hands on this turn pretty strongly, I think. Yep. And that's going to require a pretty big bet, right? Yes, it I is. I think in general. That's what Linus does. It goes for 45K and a 61K. Yeah. There you go. 75% yep. of pot. Yep. That, sounds like, that sounds like the minimum, actually. Yeah. I would does. think you could even go 90% of pot here. But okay. All right, are we just trapped into calling here, as Vogel saying? Is there no other option with our two pair? Well, raising seems even worse now than it did before. Significantly worse. Right. Yeah. We're going to get snap folds and snap calls only. And yeah. We don't really want either one. I right. guess we could get a fold out of a hand like 10-9 of hearts, perhaps, which is open-ended right. with a flush draw, but right. if we make it big enough. But we at least have the majority of the equity against 10-9 of hearts right now yeah. on the turn. Um, that is a problem, 10-9 of hearts, but... Okay, there's a few of those, but there yeah. aren't that many. And most of the rest of his range is bluffs or even value bets that we're beating. Like, he could just be betting a pretty good ace. He could have ace-10 suited right now. Even Maybe even ace-nine suited, I would guess, and could bet here because the board was wet enough. Yeah, with the intention of checking back the river. Yes. Yeah. For sure, he's not going to bet again with that hand unless yeah. it improves. Yeah. I don't think we can do anything but call yeah, now I that think, we're, on this, now we're think, on this track, right? I think that's right. Okay. I think that's right. He does. He calls. Okay. I like it. Me too. Pot's 151K. This thing ballooned a little bit. That's what happens. It's like the movie Up. It's got oh balloons. Oh, my God. It is sort of like the movie Up. Oh, yeah. so sad. The first 10 minutes. I, it is. And, but then there's the dog. Yeah. The dog with squirrel. Love that guy. Good old dog. All right. The river is the king of diamonds. Yep. So that's not a good card for Volkswagen. Well, at least it's not the king of hearts. That's real bad. That's true. But now there's four to Broadway out there. Yep. It's ace of spades, queen of hearts, three of hearts, jack of clubs, king of diamonds. Yep. Vogelsang can do nothing but check now, of course. I mean, I guess he could put out a tiny blocking bet. Yep. That's the other option. Yeah. And like Linus Love just going to raise with ace eight and be like, you're not going to call me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Linus Love gonna, is going to do. But Linus Love will be able to, ain't going to call. He's yeah. either going to raise or fold, and both are not options we would want him to do, right? Considering the actual situation here, right? Yeah. Like raising, we're going to have to fold. And if he folds, well, we make no money anyway. We don't, we, you know, we lost any bluffing or whatever, right? Yeah. So, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to block bet unless we feel desperate to win this pot. So Vogelsang checks. Good. Good job, Tom. Top, top Vogelsang. Maverick. All right. As Linus, we're here now. Yes, we are. We've gotten ourselves into this sticky wicket of a situation. When he calls the turn, you're like, oh, uh, come yeah. on. So the question, of course, is should we bluff or not? To bluff or not to bluff? So what are the things you're considering when making this decision? Okay. First thing we need to think about is, okay, there's four to a straight on the board now. Yes. 
So a 10 makes anyone the nuts. Um, one of the things we should be asking ourselves is, who's more likely to have a 10? Do, does our story make sense that we can have a 10? How often does Vogelsang have a 10? I think it's one of the first things we should be asking yes. ourselves. Okay. So, um, should we talk about that, or should we talk about the other questions we want to ask? Let's start, let's start there. Okay, great. Um, we have got to have more 10s than Vogelsang, right? Because we can have a much wider range on the flop. Yes. Even the turn. We could have been bluffing with a 10. Yeah. We could have had 10 nine of hearts and got there. We could have had 10... X of not hearts in bet, right? We could have we could have we could have ten nine of clubs in bet too, right? Right. Um, or as Vogel saying, only tens are ace ten and ten X of hearts, right? Right. We can have we we can have ace ten, um, certainly of hearts, but maybe I would say even not of hearts. We can probably have ace ten and a bet the turn. We can have the turn nuts. We can have king ten. We absolutely can. Yeah. We can have queen ten. We can have jack ten. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't have bet Jack. I don't 10 think we would have bet Queen Ten or we, Jack Ten. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably wouldn't have those. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so we have all those tens. What does Vogelsang have for tens? Okay, well he's got uh, the ten of hearts and another heart in his hand yeah. for sure. And Ace Ten, just regular old Ace Ten. Yeah. Yes, he has those two things. And maybe he sometimes has the slow played King Ten. Right. Can he ever have Queen Ten and hold on on the turn? Maybe he did pick up a gutter, but it's not super likely. Doesn't seem it, likely. I think you can have Jack Ten of Hearts if we're going to have course, a pair with Of course, if he's it. got Hearts, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying with it, can he just have Queen Ten? He flops a Queen, has to call, turns a gutter, but it's just the Queen it's and it's expensive. Of the pot. I don't know. It's hard for him to have it there. I would, I would guess not. Right. So we might have a few more Tens than him. I think we got more Tens. And the story does make sense. Right. Guess who can have King Ten, really? Almost only Linus, right, for example, like... Because if Vogelsang had King-10, he's often raising the turn. Yeah. But Linus was aggressive on the turn. So Linus can have it. Yep, he that can. That helps. He can. Stuff like that helps. Um, so that's part one. Part two is, if we're Linus, what hands do we reasonably think... Okay, we know we're losing to everything but hearts, and even hearts we're losing to, right, at this point. Like, well, hearts not, have a pair also, is what I'm saying. Well, some, yeah, some of them. But yeah, I guess because, yeah, Vogelsang's probably going to fold the six, seven of hearts in the turn. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess he could have exactly four or five. No, we have the five of hearts in our hand. He can't even have four or five of hearts. Um, okay. So what hands in Vogelsang's range can we successfully fold out is the next question. Right? Because it looks like he's got... Vogelsang at this point probably has a lot of two pair based on the way the board has run out, right? Yeah. Um, I mean... Not queen three, maybe, but he can have king jack sometimes any ace that he held on with we can probably any fold. ace for sure he has a lot of one pair aces he's probably going to have to hold on on the turn with an ace against Vogel. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have that much two pair action now that i think about it maybe it is more like solitary aces is that feels like what we'd be targeting mostly right yeah. and, and by the way kings also because um the king came on the turn right yeah so that, no no the jack came on the turn king on the river oh so that's a little harder to have like king he could have king x of hearts yes right Basically, all heart combos we can target that don't have a 10 in them. Yeah. Um, and aces. Yeah. That's most of his range. Yep. So, okay. So, that's cool. Do we think those hands will fold if we make a big enough bet? Yeah. A lot of them have to. Certainly, all the hearts will fold. We're beating some of those. We're hands. repping only a 10 by betting again, know. right? Yeah. I mean, are we, are we sick enough to bet a set on the river? Maybe we could bet medium, you know, a medium amount. Like, I think we could bet, like, 40% a pot with a set sometimes. And maybe we'd have to size it up sometimes to be more polarized to make a... But, like... Maybe, but we, mostly... We're Linus Love. We, we might go for that kind of thin value. Okay, but mostly it's a 10 that we're wrapping. I think it is. But we can wrap a fair amount of 10s like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, we really can. 
so the, the, these are all positives for betting because it feels like we can fold out a lot of the range. By the way, I don't even know what sets we're supposed to have. What sets are we supposed to have? We don't have jacks. We don't have queens. We don't have kings. We don't have aces. Threes. It's only pocket threes. Yeah. Okay, fine. There's three combos of that. That's, yeah. not, that's not a whole lot. So all of these are positive in favor of bluffing. So far. Uh, the negative is that we have a heart in our hand. Yep. Which shouldn't matter too much because you'd expect 5-6, five, 5-7, five, 5-8, five, 5-9 five, of hearts to have folded the turn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, the only 5x of hearts that matters is the king 5 of hearts, which we would like to fold out, but now we block that from being a possibility. I guess the ace 5 of hearts. Ace 5 of hearts, yeah. That too. You're right. But that's, yeah. Well, so two combos we're blocking that we'd rather not Two meaningful combos that we're blocking. So yeah. it's actually not that bad of a reverse blocker, as mm-hmm. you might think. Right. Right. So, but that's kind of the only negative I can think of. I agree. So I, I agree think we should go for it. it, right? I think we probably should go for it. Um, this just should work a lot. Yeah. Right? It's a 50K buy-in. Cool. I don't know if Vogelstein plays... T- I mean, he plays some, some of the big buy-in stuff, so I don't know if he's going to be tight or not. Um, I don't know if that matters to him. Some guys are going to be a little tighter and a little more careful in the bigger buy-in high roller stuff anyway. I think we should take a swing here. So does Linus. He goes for it. He bets 110K, so he's basically just repping a 10. Which, yes. Like, he's, not, he's not trying to say I have a two-pair type range here. Well, if he's, yeah, if he's betting... A set or two pair at this number, he's trying to just get the polarizing response, which is fair, right? Because essentially, you're going to call with the nuts or nothing, right? Yep. So, like, if you're calling with nothing, two pairs probably ahead anyway. All right. Ace Jack is ahead. So now we really wish we we had raised the flop. Oh, my God, so much. (laughs) Because now what are we supposed to do? Can Uh, we ever call? Where do we fit in our distribution? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. Good question. All right, so what are the better hands that we have? We have ace ten. Some like well, all, all the straights are, are better, right? Every oh, but you're saying how many of them? Yeah, sorry, we have ace ten. We have all combos of ace ten, right? We think we call with and it just ace ten. Yeah, twelve turn, combos. Right? So twelve combos of ace ten. Okay, that's something. Yeah, we have a few king tens. We're not going to check raise one hundred percent of the time. Okay, we have 10. a few king tens. That's true. There's max twelve combos of that. Yeah. Um. So we are looking at. Three combos, maybe? Yeah. Two combos of King-10, something like that. Okay. We have... Uh, like 15 now we're at, something like we that. We have Jack-10 of hearts down to Jack-deuce of hearts minus the two pair combos that don't exist. Um, right. So like Jack-10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, and deuce of hearts. We have all... or what? Okay, yeah, we have that hand. That's right. The, we, I, sorry, I meant the 10x of hearts, not Jack-x of hearts in those spots. Oh, because you're looking at the hands that are that we can call with that easily. are better. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. the hands. That yeah, are with those we have all the yeah ten x of hearts. So we're somewhere around like thirty combos that are better already. Um, not that many, but yeah. Like if you're just doing ten x of hearts to the fifteen we already had, it's probably like twenty three. Okay, or it depends on how many king tens we give ourselves, I guess. Oh um, right, yeah, that's right. Because I gave us yeah like two or three. Yeah, but then we also have some slightly better two pair hands. Right. We have queen well, jack. We have queen jack. We have ace three, perhaps, if we have queen yep, three. We but can have ace three. Maybe we're more likely to check raise that, but this is kind of the same thing as queen three on the flop as far as value against Linus's range. The difference is that you can, you're not losing ace three anymore. Yeah. So and now you're not really, and you're blocking pocket threes, which you are anyway, I guess. Um, so you're not losing ace three, and you're blocking ace ace, which you were a little worried yeah. about. So actually, it's a better hand to do it with. Yeah. So we have some ace three, but not, maybe not. Not a, not a huge amount. Um, yeah. And. Uh, but we do have queen jack for sure. Yep. So there's a lot of hands better than this hand that we can have to, to call or raise with. Yeah. Just 
Yeah, and what, we don't have any significant blockers in any way. Nope, we don't block anything we want to block. The worst hands that we have that we got here this way with are like some weaker aces, I guess. We're going to hold on with some weaker aces. I mean, we don't have any hearts in our hand. That's the good news for calling. Yeah. Like, we want to unblock hearts. We do. Yeah. That's good. Linus could have all of those hearts that we said Vogelsang couldn't because he's the aggressor. He could have six, seven hearts. Absolutely. And then he might feel, uh, I think he would fire away right here. We see he's doing with two fives in the same way, right? Um, Okay. So that's, that's if we had a heart in our hand that we would really have to fold. Yeah. This is a little bit of a case to call. That's the first reason to call we've had. Yep. Okay. I don't feel like it's enough. It doesn't feel like a lot. There's like so many hands we could have. What other hands do we show up with here that we've called that are worse than Queen 3? Well, I was saying it while you were in your own world, oh, and you weren't listening to me at all. So say it now. That's good. Good podcasting. I realized something important. It's, it's all the ace axes that we decided to hold on the turn mm, with. Right. Right. Which we do have some of. We do. And then King X of Hearts. Right. And Jack X of Hearts, actually, right? Yes. So those are the worst hands. Okay. So there's some of those, but it doesn't feel like there's a huge amount of Kinex of Hearts and Jack X of Hearts. It right? depends on how many weaker aces we have then, because we have all the unsuited aces that we'd play pre-flop. And the question is, are we really hanging out on the turn with all of those? And if right. we are, that, that creates a whole new tier of, of hands worse than this hand that we don't call with on the river. That's right. And raises this hand up in our distribution. And Tom Vogelsang should know how often he's squeezing with these aces pre-flop yeah. or not, right? And like, how often he's calling on the turn with them. Like Booge Toss? Yeah. Um, like started with less than 20 blinds, he may not be squeezing often or he might be squeezing a lot. If we see, if we know Bouchard is this wide with under 20 blinds from the cutoff, we might squeeze a, with a lot of aces mm-hmm. here, right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Vogelsang is doing there, but he does. My inclination is to fold. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think you could make a case for either thing, actually. You could call or fold. The thing that's weird is, like, what are we calling with that isn't... Uh, the nuts here. It doesn't matter if your distribution is clean. It doesn't matter if our distribution is clean. Yeah. What do you mean? If we have enough of our distribution to call with, it right. doesn't matter if a lot of it is the nuts that we're calling with or continuing with. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. It's hard for us to have the nuts, though, because we might even lead the river sometimes with the nuts. Well, we didn't consider that when. But, but we about, might. We right? might, but, I, but why? Like... That well, Lionslove seems... now has to have a really good hand that he's going to check back. And yeah. We, seems... we, we, we'd be repping missed hearts. We and were. We, and yeah. like. I really hate that play. That doesn't mean Tom Vogelsang wouldn't do it. Okay. Would you do it? I would consider it. All right. Let's think about it. Okay, do you think good. it's a good play to lead the river with the 10? Okay. Well, you just asked me that six different ways in a row. So why don't you talk about why you think it isn't? <laughs> okay. Because it feels a lot like it's exactly a 10. 100% of the what time. What about missed hearts? It can't be missed hearts? It feels like a pretty irresponsible spot to barrel away as a bluff. How come? Uh, with Linus being the aggressor, having an uncapped range, we like we don't have any missed hearts that got here besides pairs plus the heart. Um, we have a few combo draws, maybe, but not which many. ones? Four or five of hearts. Okay, maybe. Okay, one. A few, and there's a few others like that that are those those types. So there's probably three combos of that. Okay, there's not much. I'll grant you, there's not much. Okay, maybe we could have that hand, but other than that, we're gonna have a pair. Jack X of hearts, yeah. So we'd turn that into a bluff. Yeah, we'd be turning that into a bluff for sure. I don't, I don't like it. I understand you don't like it, but I'm, I'm asking you why you don't like it. Like, Because you keep challenging me on this. You keep saying it's just a bad play. Because so of why Linus's, do you think it's a bad play? The, the, the range Linus is repping on the turn when he bets again, yeah. and he bets big. Jack of hearts, the jack is going to be beating the bluffs, and it's going to be losing to the value, and the value is not necessarily going to fold. Oh, so you think Linus is going to call? 
if we bet with not a 10, very a, a fair amount? I think he's going to call with his sets and, and good two pairs. He's definitely going to call with the sets. Yeah. I think he's going to feel like he has to call with the sets. I don't know if he's going to call. I mean, he's going to call probably with a reasonable distribution, right? Like, correctly. And also, Linus has a lot of 10s. He does. I mean, he's got... I think we said he has, like, clearly more 10s than it's like, we do. It's just kind of a random lead bluff where we don't have to have one. Right. Right. It's, it would be sort of like a, a spot where we're doing this with generally with hearts or some weak-ass hand that we know is no good. Yeah. The pot is big. We feel it's worth winning, and we think it's the board, the board is polarized enough that um, we can get Linus to fold if we're, if we're bluffing or to call because there are clear bluffs that we can have, at least. So there aren't that many, which I will, I will swing back around to your side a little bit. We don't have that many bad hearts. It almost has to be like pair and flush draw. Um, yeah. It has to be like the jack X of hearts, really. It just feels weird and awkward to do it with. Well, the thing is this. If we're ever going to lead a 10 for value, we need to have some of those Yeah, bluffs. which is why I'm saying I don't think... We should be leading a 10 for value here. I mean, it comes down to if we think Linus has got um, actual strong value here, he did go bet, bet. If we think that, we're worried about him checking back his two pairs in the sets and we want to get value out of them, then on this scary board, we Yeah, could bet, I mean, but that's right? just like, that's like such a singular focus on those types of hands where yeah. he has so many combos of 10s that we could also be worried about. He doesn't have that many combos of 10s. He doesn't have that many 10s either. He just has like a little more than we do, right? I mean, if you take a, a look at his range as, in, as a whole, yeah. of the value, 10s make up a decent portion of it that have gotten here this way. And the stuff that's bluffs might make up a big portion of that mm. range, but we don't want to bet into that range when we have a 10. Uh, that's true. That is true. Um, so part of the thing we give up by leading, of course, is... When Linus has got missed hearts. Or when he has two fives. Apparently when he has two fives, right? Yeah. Which we're, I think we're not really considering that he's going to have a hand like two fives. Probably here, right? not. It's very hard to think that, to see that one, right? Probably. Um, but there's a lot of other... But, like, but hearts do make a lot of sense for him to have and like yeah. bluff, and then potentially bluff on this card, right? Yeah. So we give that up. And we're always beating hearts, right? No matter what our hand is. Um. Yeah, based on how we played it, yes, we're always beating hearts. Yeah. Unless unless Linus has the ace X of hearts, I guess, and we've got the. We'd have to have hearts also. So we could like lead with the jack eight of hearts to avoid getting bluffed by hearts. I guess. Well, that yeah. There's that. Is that uh, worth it? I don't know. I mean, especially when we block hearts. That, I was saying like a blocking bet. Like Joe, I, I was sort of joking, but I sort of wasn't. Like Linus isn't always going to raise us just because we made a blocking bet. Like clearly, yeah. he's not going to do that, right? He's going to fold some of his hands. This may be a hand actually he folds. He's got the five of hearts in his hand. He probably does fold. Um, he probably wouldn't raise us here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's as straightforward as, as you've been very, so dismissive of, of this type yeah. of play. I, I think we should be open to like these kinds of plays and not be dismissive. Okay, to them. I'll try to be more open to it. I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to... Dismissive is the wrong vibe okay. for me to present, and I shouldn't be, but I, I, what I'm saying is that immediately strikes me as just a bad play. Sure, yeah. that's fine, and I don't, uh, that's fair, and it, it probably is, you know, but yeah. like one of the things, like one of our missions, as you know, as you talk about yourself yeah. at times, is to like explore these, these dusty corners, you know, and like, yep. why do we think it's a bad play? Is it actually a bad play? And there's probably, there's probably a place for everything, right? Like if we never have any leads on the river, and Linus knows that on the turn, that makes it easier to bet the turn, right? He like, doesn't know what the river is going to be on the turn. Of course not. Yeah. But, he, but if he knows there's like certain turn, certain rivers that we're, he's like going to suddenly get led into, that may change his strategy a little bit. If he knows, but if he knows we're, he's never getting led into on a polarizing river, that's, 
that's useful information for him to know that, right? Like, I, I don't think you ever want to like, give Linus Love um, pure strategy to play against. To to take a page from Ed Miller, yeah, this river card for Vogelsang's range is a negative event. And I think there are some negative events in poker that could reduce some actions to zero mm. from a logical perspective yeah. and a strategy perspective. And I think this is one of those. It's like the one poker book you've ever read. Nice job. I read part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree that this is ultimately a negative event for his range. I agree with you. I don't think that means, and there's some. There's that's probably true in some theoretical place where there's where we shouldn't always ju- where we should be pure with yeah. our stuff. But I don't necessarily think this is so negative, su- such that we 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 have to have a pure strategy here of like never lead no matter what. I like, I disagree. Just, yes, just because Linus has so many more tens than us, based on our previous analysis. Yeah, I mean, he's got more tens than us, but he also has a lot of other things than us, right? Like a lot, lot, lot of other things. Yeah, too. but the range that we have that got here is beating those other things for the most part that are that are the bad things because he's got a decent swath of bluffs. The, the range that we got here with is beating those other things, right? That's true. A lot That's of them. That's true, yeah. yeah. That is true. Which removes a lot of the value of leading when we have the weaker parts of a range that are still beating those right. parts of his range. right. Because he's not going to take a shot every time on the river. No, he's not. Although apparently he's going to take a lot of shots. Yeah, apparently he is. (laughs) Because here we are with fives, and while we said, oh, yeah, we got to pull the trigger here, um, I think a lot of times the trigger is not pulled here, right? Yeah. Mostly people don't. This is not a line we see very often with two fives, like ever, ever, ever. Right. 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 I think it's probably for Linus it comes back to he can rep a 10 and Vogelsang doesn't have as many as him, so he's just hoping it works out. I think that's right. And ultimately it does. Of course it does. Vogelsang quickly folds. Has to, really. Yeah. What about the check raise? We haven't talked about the check raise. <laughs> well, that would be a bad play. I'm going to say that. I agree with you there. Yeah. A check raise really... You, you get can, him to fold the set. You can you call. You get him to fold the better two fair, Grant. You can call if you really want to put yeah. more chips in. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I'm with you. So ultimately, Linus Love ends up getting eighth in this tournament, which is in the money. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, somewhat so. He's in the money, Grant. I'll tell you exactly how much money it was. It was $196,000... Grant, 187,000 euro. Not bad. Not the 1.3 million euro that Bodzikowski won, but hey, you're Linus Love. You aren't Makita. I'm not Makita Bodzikowski. You're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the bad Linus. You're the Iceman Linus. <laughs> right. the good one. Right, of course. Even though that's not the people who were doing that. Yeah, thing but it doesn't part. matter. It's, you don't think Linus Love has his own clone? <laughs> Better looking clone out there? Of course he does. He's got someone somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's totally reasonable and normal. It is. It is. All right. It Let's is. see what the solver had to say. Okay. All right. Wesley Cannon solved up the Linus Love. The ultimate solver player was really? resolved by Wesley Cannon, making Wesley Cannon the ultimate solver. So Linus Love should play this solver perfect, basically, right? Because he is the ultimate solver player. Well, let's find out. Okay. Um, on the flop, Linus should bet 100% of his range. So, okay. Cool. Great. Um, and Pi actually likes his size. It, Wesley gave even just a, another tiny size. 15K mm. is an option. And Pi was still like, no, 8K is good. Cool. That's a good size. All right. It was so small. Yeah. And uh, since Linus Love's name is LL and he spells it with two L's on the first one, I keep wanting to call him LL Bean. I just wanted to say that. Not LL Cool J. I think that says a lot about you. LL Cool J already has enough of a brand. We don't need to... <laughs> oh, you know, we need to help LL Who's I out. on like NCIS San Antonio or whatever? It's, it's important. I think it's... Uh, yeah, one of those. Anyways, Vogelsang should check-raise this hand. 
it was we debated that mm. a lot. Um, it wants to just go for it, go for the check race. Yeah, but he does not. So we get to the turn. Okay. And uh, Pio says Linus Love's exact hand should be a check. So solver perfect, my ass. <laughs> you said that. Yeah, I did. Wow. Look uh, out for the sensors. But to mitigate that, Pio does want to bluff with deuces, which is basically the same hand as fives. So it can't be that bad. Right. It's just picking yeah. uh, uh, essentially an underpair to bluff with. Right. right. And so, yeah. So as long as Linus isn't doing it with deuces and is doing it with fives, it's essentially the same thing we're saying. I, I think so. Maybe no. there's some hidden thing there that... Maybe. Uh, it, Sometimes there is, but doesn't seem like it. And at this point, saying should just call. Um, it does not want him to raise at this point. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. And that's what he does. Okay. Now we get to the big old river. Big old uh, river. L.L. Bean should bet this hand as a bluff and basically anything with no real showdown value, according to Wesley. He should just go for it. Wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, his only value is 10x, which you know is obvious, and also kings. Set of kings is the other piece of value he can have. I will say there's very few hands he has that has no real showdown value at, at this point based on the board, yeah, right? It's like so. four or five suited maybe, right. like stuff like like there's almost nothing. So almost everything is at least a pair here. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you surprised that he can value bet kings? Um, the set of kings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. Like, you know, you, you think you're going to get called by more than just straights here, right? In fact, the straight won't call. Straight yeah. will raise. Um, and then if you have a set of kings, everything else that, that you know, hesitantly calls, anything that doesn't raise, basically, you're getting paid by. Right. right. And I guess with kings, you don't block aces up. So that makes it better than oh, a yeah. set of aces. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, Vogelsang can actually profitably call with this hand. Wow. Yeah. That so is pretty interesting. He is supposed to make the call, which he never even considered for a second. He folded it very quickly. Well, so I he, guess he's no, he's no, you know, robot vocal saying. You know, if the only value is 10x and king king, according to Pio, and there aren't that many bluffs, I can see how it's problematic, right? Yeah. Um, although maybe, maybe some of the other one pair hands become bluffs, the worst one pair hands. I don't know. I'd be curious to know. Well, either way, Linus Love gets it over him. Gets it over him? Yeah, it's like a British thing or something. Yeah, it's very British. He gets it over him. That's for the title. For the title. Football. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.